Very welcome to Virtual Citizens, a pop culture podcast from a pop culture generation, where we take stock of pop culture as it is today, or in the past, or in the present, or maybe even the future. And you know, we talk about it. We have cool banter. We usually have examples and whatnot. We we try to give like a fun, smart, irreverent, but all, all entertaining conversation about pop culture and whatnot. Uh, I'm your host, Leandro Pondock. Joining me in this table are regular contributors over there. Alice O'Dennehy. Over there. Emmett Jones. And over there. Hi, it's Barry. Hey, how are you all doing, gentlemen? Oh, it's nearly Christmas. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is true. I can confirm that. Yeah, yeah. things are winding down. Yeah, tis the, tis the season. But we got all our... We got our holiday shenanigans, our Christmas spirit in a previous episode. This episode, as it is wont for most podcasts at the end of the year, uh, we're going to take a look back and we're going to do like our best of Watcha Watcha 2018. Uh, we did this before last year and this time, uh, instead of Kimmy Chun, who's enjoying uh, well-deserved holidays off somewhere warmer and probably nicer, uh, we have... Tahiti. <laughs> Tahiti is pretty nice and warm. Arthur, we're going to Tahiti. We have Tahiti. a plan, Arthur. We have a plan, Arthur. <laughs> anyway, what were we saying? What, 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 what just... Okay, all right. Hi, Barry. You're here now. Hi. I'm out from the attic again. <laughs> Yay. Hey. We're here to talk about stuff that was good. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and we wouldn't want to call you in to, call, to talk about stuff that's bad. Well, I, I think I'm generally better at that, but... I mean, really? Okay, all right. It's okay. good to change pace once okay. in a while. But yeah, yeah, it's good to stretch, you know, stretch your limbs out and whatnot. And but if there were any bad things you want to shout out that oh. came out in this, uh, well, okay, Ooh. bad things that happened in the year of our Lord 2018 can, is, yeah, is a list that can keep going. Own six-hour podcast. Yeah. Okay. All right. Never mind. I retract that suggestion. <laughs> Instead, we're gonna focus on the good things that we liked that came out this we're year. We're one pondered away from somebody who's seen. All filmed Brexit footage. Oh. I've seen all of Brexit. Yeah, I've watched the entire thing. My <laughs> watcher, watcher of yeah, the year. I just binge watched it, you know. <laughs> yeah. I, and I'm really enjoying the season finale. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, dear. there were some, there were some twists that I didn't really get, like the whole mace thing. Hold like, the door! Hold the door! Hold the door! Oh, uh, Schadenfreude is it's a beautiful thing, <laughs> gentlemen. But no, we shall focus on the good things. Again, with this year, each of us has three things they want to shout out. Oh well, some of them, some folks have a lot of honorable mentions. Um, but yeah, so we're gonna go through them in order. Of fun. We're gonna we're gonna start with yourself, Mister Barold Neenan. All right, uh, I think I'm gonna start with the one I saw most recently. Uh, How recent was it? Yesterday. <laughs> uh, I think it's a really good reflection of 2018 as a whole. Um, no, like, 2018, a lot of movies came out. So many movies came out. A lot of them were very forgettable. <laughs> Pacific Rim 2 came out this year. Did you remember that? Because I don't. Um, I'd say, like, my best movie of the year might be Black Panther, but that came out in February. Mm-hmm. So I don't remember anything that happens in it because that was 30 years ago. It's long enough ago to have the impulse to rewatch it. Yeah, Every totally. Every time I see it on Sky, I'm like, mm. fuck it, man. Yeah. Do it. it was really, really good. Take me back. Also, <laughs> yeah. really good in a different way 
is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, mm-hmm. which I, w- I do also want to shout out here specifically because it should still be in theaters when you hear this, mm-hmm. and I really want this movie to do well. Um, like, Black Panther is kind of top-tier MCU material mm-hmm. in that it's very good at being sort of the same thing we've gotten for literally 10 years. But now, Black of- Panther is less fat on it. Oh, yeah. Than yeah. nearly any MCU movie. Like totally. Yeah. I'm not saying don't see Black Panther. Yeah, Absolutely yeah. see Black Panther. But it's like, it's kind of... It's another shade of Iron Man anyway. Yeah, basically, yeah. yeah. Kind of. Whereas this is an entirely different beast. Mm. Um, down to the fact it is not only animated, it is animated beautifully. Mm-hmm. The conceit of Into the Spider-Verse is that it brings together multiple characters in different animation styles and like oh i didn't realize oh yeah yeah, it's amazing when you see them all on screen like how far flinging are they with their spider-man uh references like is it oh all i need to say on that front is there are tasteful subtle nods to 1960s spider-man memes (laughs) yes like it's not it's not like you know who's watching yeah it's not like in your face awkward ball breaky but no, not that one. Uh, <laughs> the the one that I think I can quote unquote spoil is it in the like train tracks credit sequence. Like mm-hmm. it's just showing you a bunch of vaguely trippy imagery. Like they're using the models to do really weird stuff. And one of the like little vignettes you scroll past is Spider Man at a desk in front of a wall filled with the same yeah. painting of Spider Man's <laughs> yeah. face. Like that kind of knowledge of like Ooh. people like this dumb image is throughout the movie. Really good cast as well. Who plays uh, Miles Morales and all? I don't he's remember. He's probably the most unknown of yeah. them all. Shamik Moore is his name. Good, yeah. good. You know what? Great gateway character to play. Oh, absolutely. Would be Miles Morales. Like the same, I think, a similar story with the current Spider-Man game. Tom. Yes. Oh, the, the game. Uh, uh, like, as in that, that thing was like, okay, let's use the tentpole guy from Insomniac. Yeah. He's voiced everybody. And surprisingly, he can do it amazingly. Yeah, because uh, yeah, he plays kids a lot. Yeah, guess, but he's twenty three, and they're like, we could cast a twenty three year old this time. <laughs> yeah, but they didn't. And then, but then Miles Morales pops in, and you're like, <gasps> who's playing him? He's good. <laughs> Same in this in Spider Verse. Oh yeah, um, everyone's really good. It's a really solid. Like it's a very funny movie without sacrificing any emotion. Is the pig Spider Man in it? He is. Yeah, voiced oh, yeah. by John Mulaney, <laughs> which is great. Yeah. Um, one one thing I'd like to point out as well, because I didn't realize until I saw the credits, hmm. uh, there's Spider-Man Noir in this film as well. Yeah. He doesn't have a huge role, but he has some great lines. Like, he introduces himself as, in my year, it, in my time, it's the year 1933, I spend my time drinking and punching Nazis. <laughs> kind of stuff. And he's voiced by Nicolas Cage. Oh my god. <laughs> That's such good casting. I, I didn't realize it, but now I want to watch it again almost just to like hear Nicolas Cage deliver those lines. I'm a vampire! <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's a line of his is my favorite. Like, yeah. did you ever let a match burn down to the nub to your fingers just so you can feel something? He's <laughs> <laughs> that kind of character. Because so his, his his version of Peter Parker is from the 1930s, and he punches Nazis. It's from the yeah. Depression era. I've got the I've got the <laughs> Spider-Man Noir suit. Oh, oh yeah. nice. thing and uh, man, it's like yeah, he's got a, he's got an aviator jacket on. Yeah, it's real it's nice, so real classy. Yeah. But uh, for those of you unfamiliar, because I just realized we all y'all seem to know about Spider-Man, but for those who maybe don't know, 
Miles Morales is a relatively recent comic book character who is like a younger Spider-Man. He's half black, half Latino. And he, in the comics, he like Peter dies because comic book characters die all the dang time. And he like became Spider-Man during a period of unrest. He like he got bit by a similar spider that gave him similar but not identical powers. And that's explored here as well. Like Miles Morales has a very difficult first three days as his Spider-Man. Uh, it's really gorgeously animated. Like the whole bringing together different characters thing is a kind of marketable gimmick. The actual animation of like the Prime Universe, every chosen frames to make it look like soft frame. Also, really, really good. Yeah, like it. It's actually using the medium of animation to tell the story, which is not something we get a lot of. Yeah, that's true. Like in this kind of era of, hey. Everyone remembers this Disney classic. Well, well, let's make the real version with real <laughs> actors. Yeah. Well, one thing about animation, even if it's only limited in most movies, is that the basic tenets of it are never broken in uh, an offensive way. Like, say, animation's usually at a, at a, always at a medium standard, yeah. at minimum, yeah, in, in everything. So when something's good, <laughs> yeah. like yeah, it's a it's it's a feeling. Like, Enter the Spider Verse is the kind of thing that. Like, you know that old saying of learn the rules and then only break them if you master them? Mm. Into the Spider-Verse is the kind of animated movie that can break the rules about animation because it knows what it's doing. Mm-hmm. Like, that that's a good way to describe it. Because, um, yeah. yeah, it's CG, right? It's a computer-generated yeah. imagery. But for all appearances, it's indistinguishable from stop frame. For yeah. Most of it. Mm. Like, that's yeah. just the vibe you get from seeing a second of it. Like, yeah. you're like, okay, straight away it's different. Like, something's different about this. This flows very differently. Yeah. Like, um... And just, there's a lot of nice little flourishes. Like, there's a scene transition where it's just the pe- turning of a comic book page complete mm. with sound effect. Yeah. Like, it, it's... There's a lot of love for the medium of comic books. Mm. And the medium of animation. Yeah, because the one, one of the cool flourishes is whenever they introduce you Spider-Man, they kind of they, they kind of go through the shame spiel of all right, here's how my story begins, and it always starts with like a, a cover of a comic book, including with credits to the, whoever created that character, mm. which is yeah. a nice touch, and it really shows off like even the animation differences, mm. like like when they go through the origin story, and there are just like yeah, nice nods to the Spider-Man continuity, like and just nice twists because. For people who don't read the comics very, very, you know, very much, like yeah. Marvel comics, most people don't realize that Peter Parker has stopped being a high schooler since the seventies. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like I think I do, I do have an image of Spider-Man being significantly older than he is popularly yeah. right now. Yeah. Uh, luckily, the PlayStation game it starts about twenty-three. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. That'll do it. Like mid-twenties is what they mean. Yeah. Twenty-three is what they said. It but, was quite okay. accessible too. Just you've reminded me with the whole like re- revising people's backstories every time they enter. The original flavor Spider-Man, who like starts off the film, who by the way was voiced by Chris Pine, apparently. Okay. Yep. Um, he's very clearly supposed to be Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Okay. Like there's a bunch of scenes that you will recognize from the Raimi films. Yeah. Down to even, they make a joke about, remember that time I did a dumb dance? Ha ha ha, we don't talk about that. <laughs> yeah, there's a bit with the uh, train. Yeah, the game, so the game mentioned the dance too. Oh. I think I think it mentioned the haircut. We'll, we'll never get past that Maybe. As, a, as, a, as a 
as a people. I'm okay with Spider-Man embracing it because it happened. <laughs> yeah, you, you gotta you gotta acknowledge your trauma. To you know time, were you there when we watched it in Kieran's house? Uh, Spider-Man three. No. So there are people out there that know that movie's script off. Oh. <laughs> That's popularity for you. Yeah, I mean some of it's good. Sandman scene where yeah. he turns into I mean, sand it's sad Spider-Man 3's problem is a big bloated mess of trying to add three different stories all together in, in one a, in many ways it was ahead of its time <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, not, yeah genuinely <laughs> yeah but here in Into the Spider-Verse like even though there's like a lot of multiple Spider-Man it's very much focused on Miles' story of, yeah totally yeah it's it, in some respects it's very much a straightforward superhero origin story but there's I don't think it's ever been done in like in theatric uh, or not in this way. In Maybe the, the legacy of the yeah, character. that's the thing. Yeah, it's yeah. the legacy bit yeah. of, of, of in this universe. He's taking over as a new Spider-Man. In the legacy yeah. bit, you need to have made fifteen Marvel movies <laughs> first yeah. to be able to go. You know what? We're gonna make the ultimate Spider-Man movie. Yeah, yeah. but the thing is, this has nothing to do with. It's just the it's a pop culture osmosis of having a lot of Spider-Man. Like, okay, we've done so much about Peter Parker. Like three yeah. different. Peter Parker's uh, Parker's cinema. So, but so because there's enough recognition, people will like seeing this 38 year old, uh, unwashed, divorced, (laughs) slightly um, chubby chubby, uh, version of Peter Parker schlubbing his way through life and being kind of like a shitty Obi Wan. It would happen. Yeah, it would happen. Yeah, yeah. Once you run out of research stations, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Harry Osborne stops texting you. (laughs) What are you gonna do? Who are you gonna hang out with? Electro. Uh, He'll be around. (laughs) I should point out that this was done by Sony Animation Studios, Uh a studio you may know for the Emoji movie, which (laughs) this film is their penance. (laughs) They do make movies for the whole planet. Yeah. It was was produced by Avi Arad, though. Yes. Who produced Iron Man, the first Iron Man. Yeah. And And the Bratz film. And the Bratz film. And the Bratz (laughs) film, but also the Spider-Man movies. I thought that's where we were going with that one. Every Um, time they make a a Bratz movie or an emoji movie, (laughs) one of the many coffers they haven't unlocked yet, Mm. a light comes, like a stage light comes from over it. (laughs) And it's like old crowns and very big coins with holes in the middle Mm. on string. Yep. And the, every time they do it, and then there's one that has all the spider effigies on it. And that got a stage like yesterday. Aww. Um, <laughs> you gotta bank it and then make something class. Yeah. Maybe the final note here uh, is this is the first uh, Marvel Stan Lee cameo. Oh dear. Post Stan Lee. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a. And it's, it, a it's, it's, it's a beautiful cameo, it's, honestly. It's a really good cameo under what is already kind of sad circumstances. Oh man, yeah, yeah the circumstances. So, oh. it, in that way, it's actually kind of poignant. Yeah. But there was like, I, when I was at the theater, there was a kind of. Instead of being like, yeah, it's Stan Lee, the crowd's reaction was like, oh yeah, it's there w- Stan Lee. Yeah, when oh. I saw it in the Savoy, in one of the one of the screens that they cut off, you know, yeah, yeah it's, it's actually sad, but that's a different story. When you go to that cinema, it's it's so small. We, well, we crap, went like, and we celebrate celebrated the the old screen in the Savoy correctly by watching Star Wars Episode Eight. Ah. So like, um, I did that I, too. I think in the Savoy. I, I think we've done our debt. We've paid our respect to the cinema. And we should just let go. Okay, all right. We, it's very easy to become bitter about cinemas. Yeah, I was just bitter because 
the the film they they literally forgot about us and the film didn't start till like 30 minutes after Anybody it remember, should have started remember it was the, so small and crammed it was a they right. live moment when here on this podcast it was like now reread the sign for what you think that IMAX is what does it say <laughs> it just says max <laughs> that's that's the feeling oh god how big is it uh, not as big as London. No, you'll never be. Hold, but, hold on, just reading this, the, this cast list here. Yep. Leave Schreiber played Kingpin. Yeah, Leave Schreiber did play Kingpin. Oh man, this this movie's Kingpin is like if you want to see like a skyscraper sized Kingpin. Yeah, it's this Kingpin. That's actually one of the few quibbles I have with the movie. Really, I feel like like they really did go all in on character design. Yeah, and that's great. Kingpin is just a wall in a suit. <laughs> with a little head poking out of the front of the wall. That's fine. <laughs> I, yeah, that, that's fine. Like, it were, it's an artistic choice. That's, that's For me, I was like, okay, lads, you, you could have backed that down a little I bit. I would not mind, at least through... Like, maybe if it's just what the character's seeing or something. But yeah. you remember the giant ape in Who Framed Roger Rabbit? <laughs> mm-hmm. You can do Kingpin like that. Yeah. You can. You can pretend he's as tall as a house. I think it's just weird because he's the only character in that universe of at least from where he, the universe he came from that's that cartoonish. Yeah, everyone like, else like, is a normal human person. You can have it though. It's just a wall. Because <laughs> like like, he's well known, right? Wilson yeah. Fisk. Loads of yeah. people know who he is now. So like, I, th- I think you don't know just how big of a wall he is. Like, he, is, a, he, is, he is just a literal wall. He's, big wall. <laughs> All right. he, he's like the size of this wall behind us. But that's fine. With a big knobbly head coming out of <laughs> that's the fine. top. That's fine. You can have it. Okay. He's kingpin. He's, he's really strong. It, he yeah. sounds like Sabretooth. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, that very memorable character, Sabretooth. Yeah, I did say it was a quibble. Like, I, it oh. didn't take me out of the movie. I just when I saw him the first time, I was like, "That's a bit odd." And even then, they do good things with it. Like, they have close-up shots that are so close up that you can't see past him. So it's just his face, like entirely oh. framed by the black of his suit. Uh-huh. Stuff like that. That's awesome. You're, yeah, like I got to see this movie. Oh yeah, I strongly recommend. Listeners at home. So late entry watch watch of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Like I it said. It would have to be this good for you. Black Panther, also very good, mm. but this is up there. Yeah. I, I really hope it does well. I might mm. go see it a second time if yeah. I have time. I'm definitely going to see it a second time. This would have been on my best of watch watch if you yeah. hadn't talked. If you weren't, if somehow in the rotation yeah. you didn't get there first. No, I definitely, I really love that. I'm, I'm trying to stop myself from like going, oh yeah, and then they did this and there yeah. was this great character moment and you were there and you were there and you were there. So like, uh, for, for recommendation's sake, if you want to go see a Spider-Man movie where they never stop mentioning stuff you know about Spider-Man yeah. to affirm you. That, I, I was actually, um, I deliberately avoided going too much into the plot because it took me by surprise more than once as well. Okay, that's cool. So that that's another plot. So, like, so, like so it would be fair in saying it's a spider fan movie. Yeah, but yes. I don't think you need to be a spider fan to it's it's a value added extra. It's not like a okay. requirement. You yeah. Know? Like it's it's a it's a very like it's a heartwarming it's a fun superhero film mm. that's very much about trying to figure out what kind of hero you want to How be. How similar is it to Big Hero Six? Um, better. Think of, think of, no. I'd say better. Oh, man, not quality wise. I mean, yeah, how, okay. how similar is it? Oh, yeah, similar enough. Yeah. Is there a love for science? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. yeah. Gotta be, there. be Spider-Man. Man, is he cobbling? Is he trying to cobble shit together? Or gadgets in his room? Um, it's hmm. 
not entirely but like it is more about the the weird not quite puberty bit so. yeah. <laughs> like, right, that'll do too right. yeah <laughs> you pick your shrine do you stick with it yeah and i will yeah. say it develops its supporting characters better than big hero 6 mm. and yeah. in that in that he has actual supporting characters okay yeah <laughs> besides baymax final note it made me laugh before the movie began so okay. <laughs> good job there Alistair, Dennehy, how's your 2018 been? Oh, Nelly. Uh, <laughs> 2018 has started off amazingly. So, like, uh, right from the get-go, I'd say, well, would you prefer me to go chronologically as best as possible, or um, what do you yeah, think? Yeah, well, you know what, let's go chronologically, sure. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds like... Uh, was well, February that's 2018. Uh, it seems to me February, things had already kicked off pretty fucking damn good. So we didn't know what was going to be hype and what wasn't in mm-hmm. February. Uh, it was hard to tell. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one thing that was hype right out the gate, uh, Dragon Ball Fighters. Ooh. Oh. Is that pronounced Dragon Ball Fighters? Because I always read it as Dragon Ball Fighter Z. Everyone does. But uh, no, Fighters is what they told you to say. Okay. Uh, they said, treat it like an S. Oh. In a very like straightforward and easy to understand manner. All right. Uh, thank Fine. you, Bandai, Bandai Namco or Namco Bandai, for being so specific. <laughs> uh, but basically, yeah, um, esports is something that I only got into in the last two years, right? So mm-hmm. that's something that it's getting its own little corner in video game awards and stuff like that. I'm I, I don't talk about whether or not it's a real sport and stuff like that. It's not really my thing. <laughs> mm. My shtick is to watch fighting games on it for many hours. Uh, because uh, second Dragon Ball Fighters came out, uh, it replaced Marvel vs. Capcom as a staple at Evo, at yeah. least for the for this year anyway. Yeah, it's not returned to Evo Japan next year, but there's new games coming out, so it's mm-hmm. cool. Uh, but basically, you've you've um, a couple of people that came out of this uh, shape and esports a bit this year. There was a coin flip basically mm-hmm. that happened in Evo 2018. That's the biggest fighting game tournament, and um, they're playing Dragon Ball Z. Uh, this is basically just the fan service Dragon Ball Z game everybody's wanted forever. Yeah. And it's it's as good as it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, as in hype and expectation were matched one-to-one. It's exactly as good as people say. Great. And um, basically, this guy Sonic Fox. Yes. Don- Dominic McLean. I love Sonic Fox. Oh, the coin flip. Did you see it? <laughs> no. No, I don't know God. the story. There's a guy called Goichi. That's oh, G1 yes. uh, O-C-H-I Goichi. Or G O. G01 I don't know yeah, you spell yeah, his name horrendously yeah and then Dominic McLean Sonic Fox uh, they had a match in Evo 2018 yeah and um, basically those two are kind of like the rivalry that define one is one can block anything the other is uh, better at the game than everyone else mm. yeah like the both so, things both things have merit so. unstoppable force immovable object you, pretty much yeah, yeah pretty much pretty much with wiggle room between the two there are people who can beat either one of them sure in under certain conditions but um Coin flip in in a in a one on one competitive fighting game match like this, you're not going best two out of three rounds as as obviously from match to match. The matches are very long, right. very arduous. Three health bars to completely deplete fastest paced fighting game that's on the market, um, arguably. 
two people that are at the top of their game. One of them has made the most money you can make playing fighting games. One of them has been doing it a long time. Um, and to have the rule book brought out physically <laughs> to the table while two people are gearing up for round two is a big hype moment, especially in the competitive fighting <laughs> games for it. So you've got these guys duking it out. We see moments that are impossible to do. Other people can't do these things. Like they're, they're, no. better, they're better at the game than everyone. And they're making Vegeta and Goku and all the all the gang. Zamasu's there. God, yeah. there's there's fucking uh, Shenron doesn't get summoned in this match, but he was summoned throughout the tournament and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, and that's hard to do, yeah. I guess. But they get to they they they, they get to it, and then um, uh, Dominic McLean is fighting on his non-preferred side. I believe he prefers to play on the left, like most people. Sure. And he was playing on the right. He incited a coin toss after losing the first round, which went on for like an esports eight minutes, like we'll say, or a bit longer. Like it was, it was, it was something like that. And then the whole fucking set. This is a giant stadium in Las Vegas. The whole thing comes fucking hollering at these lads. When's the next round gonna fucking happen? What's going on? Why is there an argument? It's a coin flip. They want to swap sides. Yeah, Dominic McLean wants to swap sides halfway through a match, like halfway through a, a tournament, like set and. Um, the fucking rule book comes out and it turns out you can do it swap sides <laughs> and then he proceeds to absolutely destroy galaxies <laughs> against this chap it's like the greatest choreography of movement I've ever seen in a fighting game and oh. uh, all everybody watching it knows what's happening they're like this man just gained somebody's brain he swapped his frontal lobes uh, this guy is he, the other guy's got his like his left, his XY, and his whatever other axis flipped now, and uh, <laughs> space and time destroyed Goichi. But um, it's just you can't like there has to be a game that enough people are backing, want yeah. to see happen, and like the scene enough for to have moments like that happen. It's like that wouldn't have been blown to proportions that it was. Uh, it didn't win best esports moment of the year, which. I didn't even know it was an award. You could win at the video game awards, yeah. which are a, which are a real award. Yep. Um, yeah, sure. Jeff Keighley's video game awards. Yeah. Like, fuck it, Gabe, Newell, Gabe Newell's there. Yay! Uh, Yay. Hey, look, I'm not. I'm, look, I'm not. Uh, I'm not gonna diss the game awards, but in their lineage, they made Madden whatever that year game of the year. So yeah, it's possible. So for them to, it's possible for them to be very like the Oscars in that you shouldn't respect it too much, but if you're going to get honorable mention for something that rad. <laughs> Well, yeah. why not have it televised? So yeah, um, like I, I, I liked it because it gave a platform for people. Like that's fine, fine. Yeah, yeah you know what? it's great. It's 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 obscure, like really popular, but mm. still obscure. Yeah, um, for, like fringe video game sports yeah. fans. Like it's it's still it's still it's still good. Yeah, like, I'm not gonna pretend anybody knows what I'm on about. Like that's that's <laughs> the good, that's but well, the reason this is one of the watch watches of the year. Um, not so much that the game has come out in 2018 and it just happens to be good. It's that uh, the moments that came from it. And people trying to crack it because they're like new kid on the block. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Street Fighter Five is as popular now. Oh, like we'll see how they like we'll see how time goes on. But it's that something that could have happened ten years ago and nobody would have ever noticed happened in 2018, which is like Dragon Ball Z being talked about every day again. Mm. Which yeah. it's going to come in waves until ta- until until there is no nothing more to be said about the thrills of anime combat. Yeah. But it definitely uh, reignited like your Dragon Ball fandom for sure. Well, we kind of jumped on a bandwagon slightly before getting that game, where mm. they had remastered all the Dragon Ball Z. We talked about Dragon Ball Z Kai already, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's been treated 
Um, we're, like all of the, it's it's twenty eighteen is a good time to talk about it because the English dub is coming out of the current show mm-hmm. and it's like in the best bits right now. Mm. And like all the all the care and attention that you want your favorite things to be treated with uh, are are possible in twenty eighteen in a way they weren't always. Like you can remaster stuff nearly whenever you want now, as long as somebody is able to sell it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you can sell Dragon Ball Z forever because it's Journey to the West on roids. <laughs> yeah. And that'll never stop selling. Like yeah, they they'll keep doing it. Like it's it's there's enough mm-hmm. to work with now. So um, it was just cool to have that, like have that at a bar of quality that's unusual. Like it's a crazy, crazy well liked game. Yeah. Why do you think it? Why do you think it was and not Street Fighter that kind of provided? Why this game? Well, um, you know what? I've, I've actually I've actually looked at enough to to say it's uh, Street Fighter Five came out with features missing. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> yes. I'll uh, do it. A long, long time ago. However, it's got um, uh, it's got enough of a. A WWE parity, same way Tekken does, and the same way Dragon Ball does now, uh, is that work like professional wrestling has enough spokespeople that can step outside their brand a bit. Mm-hmm. That Street Fighter Five happens to have Kenny Omega playing Cody from Final Fight. <laughs> uh, oh in, yeah, in ads for this game and stuff yeah. like that. That happens. Um, you've got the two, the boys out of. Um, Forgive me for forgetting their name. Uh, the guys who dressed up as Saiyans, the New Day. Yeah, the New Day. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, they 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 played both games, uh, both Street Fighter Five and occasionally Dragon Ball as well. I can't. I can't remember. That an entire work feud leading up to E three. Did anybody see the Kenny Omega versus? Uh, oh, did you Saber Wood. Saber Ye- Woods. Yeah, Woods or Austin or, Creed. Austin Creed. Was it Austin Creed the fall? Uh, yes. It, yeah. yeah, yeah. I so, watched the entire thing, and you it, saw that, that was first first match of Cody being played. I was watching that. I was like, I was like showing my phone to people at work when that happened. <laughs> Um, I was like, you know who he is? And they're like, yeah. You know who he is? Yeah. They're going to fight. <laughs> like, they're going to eat chilies too. Like, yeah. It was like that. Yeah, I watched that and it came to the very last round, yeah. the, the the decision. And I'm kind of like, oh, this is it's suspicious that it made it to the last round. Yeah. It's almost like now, it's a work. And now then I realized, I watch professional wrestling. Why am I complaining? Exactly. <laughs> and uh, w- watching that, you're like, okay, great. But uh, fast forward to when uh, the new character, Q, or is it G or it's G? G. G came out yeah. in, ca- in costume Ooh. at one of, uh, what event was it, E3? Mm. And everybody went, mm. not as cool as you think it is. <laughs> and that's because that character isn't Goku or something. Yeah. Uh, wasn't New Day can come out with dress of Saiyans from a cereal box at WWE. Yeah, and in WrestleMania. <laughs> Black Panther can have um, Killmonger. To, as far as people are concerned... Uh, even though it turns out probably isn't true mm-hmm. uh, in in the same armor Vegeta wears yeah and yeah. people being that's an, that looks enough like that for that to just be Vegeta's armor <laughs> and straight away you're just like well if Black Dragon Panther Man. can be that cool like, like yeah. 2018's a good time for all this right yeah. you can do this but yeah. uh, Dragon Ball Fighters is more of a sorely wanted thing yeah I think the time was ripe for a Dragon Ball reawakening they needed they- to make a fucking uh, fucking guilty gear level. <laughs> yeah, like they 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 had um they had the best possible people to make this game. Like it's uh, mm. uh Arxis has uh, a Arx, Arx system works. Have I, I've like since this since Dragon Ball came out, they've interviewed Arx system works developers a little bit more. Mm. And for anybody who do, like like this this I I hope this is lost on a lot of people. 
because <laughs> okay. it's so nerdy. Like, um, okay. they interviewed the guys who made it and the philosophy about making fighting games. Mm-hmm. Happens to suit Dragon Ball in a way mm. that, that you can please thousands of people in the arena with. And you can sell it. And it has the trappings of an eSport. Very, very front and center, even when you're picking your characters and everything. All presented for eSports. Like, your name is there. If you want, if you're proud of your handle and you're like, I'm good at this, it'll come up in the game at all times. Yeah. Very, very tastefully. A little bit of customization in there mm-hmm. for like where you want your where you want your assets to be and everything, but decisions get decisions like Shenron being a summon that you have to get <laughs> a ten hit count a ten hit combo twenty hit combo thirty hit combo forty hit combo fifty hit combo sixty hit combo and a seventy hit combo and yeah. have seven bars charged up Ooh, to summon. Yeah. And but when that happens in the middle of like when a that happens of because oh. it's the bar of entry so high. That when it happens in a tournament, it's amazing. It's my my YouTube feed, recommended videos changes. Yeah, yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like that's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a big deal when yeah. it happens. And, yeah, when that happened, that, that evil, like I stood up. And that's like, just, like, but, ah! so, yeah. So yeah, like I'll, I'll I'll put this one to bed because I'm not going to talk about the actual content of it. Yeah. Um, 2018 had esports. It could capture me like it was, I was like I watch it like I fucking watch it like I watch it now <laughs> and um, like Tekken already had me in the gate Tekken's really good like all of these games that are at Evo are great to watch but oh god um, <laughs> I haven't had myself make involuntary sports noises for a while <laughs> and yeah. did it all year so yeah That's I got hype at home I should I should be I should have like a pop belly button. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, so Dragon Ball Fighter is rad, but the esports around it even rather. Fab, oh, that's amazing. That's love that, love that. Um, speaking of uh, getting things hyped, Emmett, what's got you hyped in 2018? <sighs> <coughs> Are you okay? No, I wanted to say hype, but like this, it just it came out as ha ha ha. Great, well, good section. On to Leandro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see, hype for uh, 2018. Uh, okay, so would it be fair to say that the Marvel television stuff? Uh, kind of burnt out about two years ago. I if I could very briefly give, walk you through my viewing history. Yep. Okay. Daredevil one, good. Mm-hmm. Jessica Jones one, mm-hmm. good. Daredevil two, good. Mm-hmm. Luke Cage, good. First episode of Iron Fist, no more. <laughs> <laughs> Legitimately, I watched one episode of Iron Fist. Defenders came out, and I was like, I guess I should watch that. And got, then I didn't. I mean, to, here we are. And the Punisher story arc is a drop-off point. That's a um, confirm. That's a confirmed thing. I'd imagine. Like I didn't yeah. watch Luke Cage, but. I, would you say do you feel like a lot of people dropped off Daredevil season 2 um, I I dropped off Daredevil season 2 for yeah, sure I think like yeah. I think that show deserved more of me I could have been more energetic at it but yeah nah I don't care after yeah. the publisher and, yeah, and I know Emmett well, Emmett I know you read a, you wrote a fairly alright review of uh, Iron Fist I might say you thought it was alright yeah I, that, 
no, I, I don't think so. I, was that it, was, that was, was a, it? it was a really scathing. Was review. it scathing? Oh, I was mixing up your opinion of the defenders. All right, never mind. Yeah, yeah it was scathing. <laughs> uh, you know, the Iron Fist was definitely scathing. Okay. Um, it was still polite. Uh, <laughs> yeah. In case it comes over for dinner. Uh, but it, no, uh, Iron Fist season one of Iron Fist was not good. Okay, and I kind of did a similar path, but I watched the Defenders because it was kind of I was a bit pumped for it. It's yeah, like, it's like the Avengers on the small screen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was kind of on board, with it. and then I watched all the others. Luke Cage season two with Muck. Jessica Jones season two was muck. I saw 30 seconds of Jessica Jones season two and it's 30 seconds where a guy runs really fast and the effect is terrible. (laughs) So that didn't really sell me on it. No. And then uh, there was the Punisher series, which was just boring. Just did not get into it at all. I'm sad to hear that. Brian of Translation Lost said that the cinematography was bad and that's not something you should ever have to say. (laughs) Like, the cinematography, at worst, should be functional. Mm -hmm. If you can't film the show good, something's gone really wrong. Yeah, Yeah. you've got, like, full motion video games uh, that are filmed better than some TV shows there. Like, I... I, Just in shorter bursts. As as far as I recall, he actually stopped halfway through Punisher because it it just wasn't filmed well enough on a technical level. And that's... I've heard praise for the detective lady in it. But yeah. other than that, I've, it doesn't seem. You see, watching. I didn't, I didn't like the detective lady in oh, it no. because the first scene, first scene, was um, her male superior being sexist and racist and misogynistic towards her. I was like, did we get there just desserts in any way? No, for, I, for being like that. I don't know. Not, oh, not, not in that scene. You imagine not, they left it till like episode nine. You just like, <laughs> yeah. and then the show clicks. <laughs> You're sitting on it for season three. Yeah, mm. but, but what was good about Marvel? Because I'm there's something. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, where were, were you leading up? We, to we this? started yeah. this on a positive note. Iron Fist season two was pretty good. Okay, it it for whatever they flipped the coin. And everything that you know, everything that we know from Iron, from Iron Fist season one, they changed and they fixed it. Right. And they got the fighting right and everything is slick and all the rest of it. The story is interesting. Colleen Wing is a lot more kind of brought to the fore and Good. Danny is a lot less and less being a whiny windbag. Yeah. <laughs> and all that. So that was fine. And then once I'd watched that, I was like, okay, maybe... Maybe Daredevil season three is coming up. Maybe that could be good. Maybe they just they go back to basics and fix this. And they did. <laughs> like, 100%. Like, there's no hand. There's no mystic voodoo. They voodoo, got rid voodoo. of the ninjas. They oh, got rid of no. the ninjas. That was so important. And the resurrection and the Madame Gao and all that. It's literally, it's Daredevil and it's Wilson Fisk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's the two of them kind of playing games with each other. And uh, it's brilliant. And the fighting is top notch. And yes. it feels like it's season one again. It's kind of... That's, so, that's so, like such a such a tempt, tempting set. Like, I really, want <laughs> to, I really want to watch it. And the other things that it does is it kind of... We have enough little bits of backstory from Foggy and um from karen page that they've built them so they're not just the kind of the half interesting side characters they're their own fleshed out kind of interactive 
kind yeah, of... Yeah, because the, the season starts in a different status quo from season one, because exactly. they're all apart from each other. Yeah. And they've all... I mean, if they were halfway competent, then, then <laughs> since 2015, obviously those characters would have changed. And they've changed yeah. immensely since then. Like, Foggy's... Has a different haircut. Foggy has a different <laughs> haircut. <What? laughs> oh my god! You almost killed Al with that. Shocking did spit take. What did they do? Um, What's got a, he's got a fade. Oh, Foggy has a fade now. Yeah, yeah. That's not a joke. No, did they that mention sounded it? like a joke. Did they mention it? <laughs> no, I just said it as a His joke. His haircut was. It's been the same since Mighty Ducks. No. Oh, was no. that in Mighty Ducks? <laughs> oh yeah, it was in Mighty Ducks. <laughs> it's been the same since. Why did they change it? Why? Because he's a he's a top flying lawyer now. Oh, that. he's successful. Yes, uh, he, he's oh. actually running for district attorney. Oh, well, that's oh why he has God. a fade. Then that's a successful haircut. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Um, I got a fade now. I got a fade out, boys. Uh, <laughs> fade into the darkness. Have a super uh, fade weekend. <laughs> but anyway, Foggy, Foggy, and Karen—they both have their own things, and also it introduces um, a fan favorite. Um, character uh who what's what's his name poindexter yeah benjamin Point benjamin Dexter. poindexter uh, uh the character that everybody knows as Colin Farrell. oh what sorry daredevil or sir uh, bullseye? Uh, bullseye 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 yes. i ruined the joke i ruined the joke <laughs> i'm sorry i'm moving I'm, I'm a little bit sick just uh, so the audience so, so you were talking about uh the colin <laughs> the colin farrell effect yeah the other day so uh bullseye without giving away too much uh well, does he flick peanuts into people's mouths and choke them? Uh, Anything like that? Any hijinks? No, but he is like a lot of the between the knife work and the gun work and the general just throwing baseballs and stuff work. Um, it's excellent. Oh, that's cool. It's really, really kind of it's slick, <clears throat> and it's slick in the exact way that you expect from these things. So, uh, but it's not the over-the-top panto of Colin Farrell, like no, like rubbing his bullseye. Is it um, Colin Farrell again? It's not Colin Farrell again. Okay. Yeah, no. For one thing, there are actual layers because Colin Farrell playing bullseye is. Have you seen? uh, Do you know anyone who gets stressed in planes? (laughs) Do you? There's a scene where he's in the plane. That's what I mean. Do you know anyone who gets a bit nervous about flying? Sure. Yeah. Right. So I don't think I've seen anyone who's nervous about flying um, squirt, be quite as feline about it <laughs> as Colin Farrell in the plane, the Daredevil mm. movie. Because, jeez, his face, the cut, never comfortable. Oh. And the fact that he has to flick a peanut to kill somebody yeah. uh, while still having the same like deer in the headlight look he has. <laughs> like, it's just, it's something else. Like, yeah, but that's not the bullseye we have here. Yeah, but that's like, not the bullseye we nobody's, have here. Nobody's clamoring for that to come back. Like, but. <laughs> this bullseye is played by yeah. Brendan Gleeson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this Killian Murphy bullseye. Uh, <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> I'm joking, it's Aidan Gillen. Uh, it has to be an Irish actor. Of course. No, but Benjamin Poindexter, uh, he's an FBI agent in this, oh. and he's developed a lot better. And kind of, you get a full, like, backstory to him. It's not an origin story for him by any means, but good. it's a backstory and yeah. it kind of builds. And is he like, like Jack Reacher level good agent? Like, is he really, really good at his job? He's really, really good at his job. That's savage. That's such a good way to get him to throw yeah. accurately. Like, for yeah. real. Like, is it like if you're going to maximize somebody's training or something? Yeah. yeah. So no, better than the circus route. Yeah. yeah. Considering the yeah, circus is a grand, but I don't know. But uh, yeah, it's just everything that we wanted from Daredevil season three, we got. Good. And 
also like it, it, we don't have to mention it but fucking will Vincent D'Onofrio is just unbelievable yeah. as yeah. Kingpin oh, man. and uh, the other thing that the Marvel uh, the Marvel shows don't do is uh, ever use like our names for them so it's always Wilson Fisk it's not yeah. Kingpin. Kingpin like, yeah, like it was the devil of hell's kitchen for a long time before they actually started calling him daredevil hmm. like uh not using the 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 code names the classic yeah. names yeah. they at one point in the series and this is not a spoiler this is just a nice moment mm-hmm. they call him kingpin and it's Ooh. like really interesting mm-hmm. and it's really clever at the point when they do it oh. um but um yeah i loved it i Great. really really enjoyed it and even though it's now been cancelled <laughs> r.i.p uh r.i.p i'd say i i reckon a movie is they're gonna bring a movie of Daredevil <coughs> out, I I can't imagine that they're just going to let the property fall and die mm. to the wayside. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's great. It's All good. right, do it, watch Did, it. Do I want to see does Daredevil's storyline ever descend into like Escape from New York level slubbery? Um, like, I'm trying to think because he's been to because he's been to a lot of depressing storylines for I'd sure. Give him, I'd give him like fucking Escape from New York or something for a movie. Yeah. Like like do it, wall the place up or something. Like, <laughs> go crazy, go yeah, ham. Yeah, but the thing is, every every superhero and their mother lives in New York, so he can't That's what just I mean. be. Like, yeah. <laughs> get them all, get all the defenders type stuff going in a movie and just get it done. Mm, maybe alternate universe, Escape from New York. Oh, yeah, like. One last thing about the Marvel stuff is that in every Marvel thing. You've got the the standard hallway scene yeah. fight. The one, shot, the one take. They feel in. obligated to do it now. <laughs> in this, in episode, it's either episode five or episode six. There's a fifteen minute, right, um, hall fight, and it's all done in exactly one take. There's no cuts. There's no yeah. nothing. They couldn't believe that they actually got it right when they did it. <laughs> But, like, they pulled it off once, and then everyone went home. Right? <laughs> Good. It was like, no, we, if we try it again, we'll just, like, we'll do ourselves in... Yeah. Yeah, but... No, uh, it cost too much, like, yeah. Fair. Yeah. 15 minutes of sustain. That's, like, a nearly a full TV episode. Yeah. Of yeah. fighting in one take. In one Jesus take. Jesus Christ. Um, and it's unbelievable yeah like it doesn't even start with a full fight there's a there's an entire conversation mm-hmm. at the start right mm-hmm. and it's just one take and then it segues into gotta act it, it it segues into the hallway scene now i won't give away what the hallway scene is because it's very interesting how they do the hallway scene but the kind of the the typical marvel netflix hallway scene in daredevil is the best out of any of them out of all of them it's reminiscent of the first one that we ever got in the first Daredevil mm. which everyone's like oh man it looks like it was in one take uh, one take there we go Fab. Daredevil right. season 3 check it out swan song for all that marvel stuff well uh, no unfortunately we're getting a uh, jessica jones season three and our punisher season two Yay. so uh, it's not even going out at the top great mm. 
Well, it's going out anyway. Uh, say you know what? I think we should be glad that they're not at season nine and shit of any of these. Yeah, yeah that's also the other silver lining. Let's give them give them props for being able to add variety to a catalogue, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Might as well. Might as well. Anyway, uh, who to next? Oh, that's me, it's I your guess. Your turn. Yeah, my turn. Uh, my 2018 has been weird. I mentioned before I keep lists of all the stuff I've watched or read or whatnot. Uh, I'm beginning to think di- I spent most of this year kind of disconnected from anything that came out this year. I saw some movies. I read a few books, but like, I don't think I watched a single television show that came out this year except for the one I'm about to talk about. You re- I don't. You think- read. You read a few books. How uh, many books did you read? I didn't this want year? to mention it. Like <laughs> you, you, you didn't want to mention, it, and then you mentioned. I it. just said I read a few books. I didn't want to get into the nitty gritty. Uh, like, you, you know you, what? Did you read ten books? <sighs> yeah, I've got. I've got something for you to compare, compare yourself to. Uh-huh. Uh huh. With no permission from the man himself. <laughs> uh, I know how many books Steve read on Goodreads. You wanna, Ooh. You want a battle? Okay, go on. All right. Uh, what's your what's your ballpark for Steve? I'd say let's see. Last time I talked to him was like forty something. I'd say he's managed to make it to the. I, I want to be optimistic. He's made it to the nineties. Yeah. Has, has he? It's fifty. Fifty. Fifty <sighs> Amateur. 50 How many did you read? Ninety-seven. Ninety-seven. Whoa. Books. Yeah. Whoa. I might take out one because it was a picture book, so ninety-six. Now that's still. only what he's registered. <laughs> that's only what the dude is registered on. Uh, Goodreads. Yeah, so yeah, but we don't know. We don't know what like sly little like what what. Yeah, yeah but we don't know what he reads in back alleys. Mm. Yeah, but if he oh, wants to front, he should put it on Goodreads so that we can verify. Are you on Goodreads? He, yeah. Oh, so you, you prove it ninety seven? Yeah, that's all on Goodreads. Yeah, it's, okay. it's all there. All in good cool. faith. All right. But yeah, since we're talking about books, I might as well talk about my favorite book. Since we're talking about books, yeah, we're talking about literature. Swollen with pages. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) we're talking about the written word, yo. Please don't rap. Uh, (laughs) No, (laughs) I I felt a rap coming on. (laughs) John Cena. No, no, it's not. It's not. No, I can't. We tried the two, the two like platinum standard derails. (laughs) Okay, talk about books. Talk about. You passed the the shining the shining eyes of the guardians. Laser blast you if you don't read enough books. Yes, you, you got through the canyon on your horse. Yep. Yeah, and I made it to the other side. And here I'm talking about a book that was written by someone who has has actually been on this podcast. So John Cena. I I wish. Wow. I, I imagine if you wrote a book. Don't you tempted by his waffle? <laughs> you should use the Make a Wish. John Cena does a bunch of Make a Wishes. Yeah, that's how you get him. On. I just need oh. to get an incurable disease. Yes, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, I uh, did not like that suggestion <laughs> at all. Judging <laughs> okay. from the faces uh, what, what he's making, you read, uh, I read uh, ninety-seven books there. I'll say it on the record. Good job. And uh, one of the first books I read, I think it's probably the fifth one, um, way way back at the start of the year. Um, it's a book written by someone who's who interviewed for his podcast. Uh, it's called Spare and Found Parts by Sarah Maria Griffin. Ah. Yeah. Uh, this might be a bit. This might be a loosey goosey because technically this book did come out in the U.S. in 2016, okay. but it only came out here in the U.K. in Ireland. It's a watch a watch of the year 2018. Yeah, oh. exactly. Because I uh, part of my spiel at the start is that a lot of the stuff I watched and read didn't come out this year. Yeah, uh, there might be one TV show which I'll talk about later. The rest of it is just oh, this was kickstarted or this was a podcast that's been going since 2014, and I'm gonna talk about it again. I'm sorry, I'm repeating myself. But spare and found parts. So basically, it's a science fiction uh, post-apocalyptic book set in Dublin. 
it's like yeah it's a, it's a post-apocalyptic dublin and there's this now society of people who are kind of yeah rebuilding but they don't want they don't want to be too technological about it because whatever happened in the past whatever disease was unleashed it was they they think the superstition is it was it was brought out by technology so part of the tenets of uh, the gray goo um not exactly it's a bit ambiguous but here in blackwater city um where, where is that in dublin no that is dublin blackwater city yes yeah. that's, that's pretty that's pretty yeah that's what i mean like that's, yeah that's super rad That'll be. yeah exactly yeah, yeah so so part of the tent is that you can't have too much technology but part of the disease what happened is that it took away some people's limbs and and this man uh who's this man, uh, whose name I'm forgetting, I apologize. I've, re- I've read this at the start of the year, but it still stayed with me. Managed to invent this uh, way of giving people like clockwork limbs and whatnot. Ooh. And one of those people is his daughter, Nell, who has a clockwork heart. So whenever she's around, people always hear her ticking, especially when she gets agitated or nervous because she's a bit of a nervous wreck mm. in, this, in this book. So everyone always hears the ticking. Mm. And the thing with this society is that you kind of have to build something or add something to the society to kind of prove yourself. And like, so her mother was building this giant statue on the ruins of the spire. And some people, you know, built a bar for young people and whatnot. And the thing is, she's kind of expected to contribute this much because her, her father made sure that people who lost their limbs or, you know, yeah, lost stuff. Yeah, he's a big deal. Like. Yeah, he's a big deal. So now she's pressured and whatnot. And so one day... Well, she well, scrubbing around in the in the mouth of the Liffy. I don't think it's called the Liffy, but it is definitely the Liffy. Uh, she finds this mannequin hand, and she gets this idea that this very random, weird idea because she's she's always felt alone because again, her dad was a big deal, and her mom was apparently a heretic, and her grandmom was a big religious type. How far in the future is this? Um, it's. It's I think a century or so. It's way it, it again records gone. There was a catastrophe. People don't know what it was like before. All they know is that computers ruined the world. That mm-hmm. that's 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 a superstition. Could we say five hundred years? Um, <clears throat> probably not because there are some very recognizable landmarks. Like there's a bit where she meets these people who are really into Daft Punk. And, <laughs> and they re- do they remember Daft Punk? Um, no, they just know they just have these songs, and one of them is clearly "One More Time," Aww. and they hide out in the basement of the lighthouse nice. uh, theater. There's a bit where she has to sneak into Clary's. I can uh, picture all this pretty. Yeah, cool. and she lives. Years. Yeah, yeah uh, just about, and she lives in Phoenix Park as well. What? Yeah, classy. So squirrels. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's loose animals just around because the oh, zoo yes. was <laughs> loose out. Nice. Read, read this book. Yeah, but make an audio book. Yeah, but the big idea that she gets when she finds this mannequin is that because she's a bit of an inventor as well, she kind of creates kind of like these little things, but they're cute but pointless in society. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she decides, all right, okay, I'm kind of lonely. I don't like most of my friends. Uh, you gonna build an automaton? She's gonna build herself. Yeah, boy. Oh no! Nice. This is basically a, a gender flip retelling of Frankenstein, Yay. where she f- she figures that because this is just this is just the idea that consumer that what why what if she creates like a companion that's not perfect but fit for her? That's really cool. Yeah, for for her, her name so is that, Nell. Now that we do yeah. have a, like a, a premise, yeah. Uh, what's good about the book? Like, why is it la- why is it lasting in your memory? It's you? written beautifully. Yeah. Like Sarah Mary Griffin as a prose mid is just it's it's that sort of lyrical but not he- not too heady yeah. but like very like it's it's like 
It's like the way she just evokes we know, feelings. We know the, that, yeah. the best of that as being like uh, anything that can make you re- like that. That book has a, a one great advantage. It's that it's local to you. Yeah, <laughs> no, really, really yeah. is like and um, having all those having having certain conceits that you may or may not have seen before in your other books, but they do come up. Yeah, uh, being able to be imaginatively localized for you mm. by somebody who writes well as well. Like, yeah, yeah, that's that's uh, that's two things that you don't always get. Yeah, and so. it's and it's it's yeah, it's just yeah. For one thing, yeah, just the foundation of it. The the prose is evocative, and she's not afraid to do flourishes like all right. This chapter is now in second second person view. Which second is kinda, person's good enough. Yeah, yeah it, it kind of comes up when there's a very tough moment for Nell, and it's kind of yeah. like you kind of it's it's like a more honest view of her feelings because she talked about this at the launch. Uh, I went to to listen to her talk about it in the launch. Talk about that. Nell is kind of not a good person. Ooh, She's yeah, kind of selfish yeah. and kind of just awkward and spiky. Like she does. She is building this person because she doesn't like the people around her, her you, you, friends. You, yeah. you, you hit on a good thing there when you said a, a, a robot that's like fit to her purpose. Yeah, exactly. Uh, which yeah. is like super the the like the 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 mad the mad scientist streak. Yeah, and yeah, there's like there's oh there's you know allusions to her father who were, who was apparently kind of a he was a very genius inventor. Did you say a cannibal. No, no, there's okay, a cannibalism. I thought you said that. Okay, I thought you said that. No, <laughs> we won't reach that far. But oh, he was a cannibal? <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, like, it's just... I, li- I like that the protagonist was someone who wasn't, you know... Not, not... I wouldn't say perfect, but someone who... The thing is, it's going to happen with YA stuff, where the protagonist is almost kind of passive. A lot of stuff happens. Uh, to holding th- Caulfield, like... Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, like, if that's, if that's something that somebody has bought a head against... Or yeah. like that guy. Yeah. Yeah. There's a good character for you. That isn't mm. like that's that's a good Yeah, character. yeah, and I like what I like about Nell is that she is she she will do stuff. Like not like she wants to yeah, because she's very active. It's an interesting um, yeah. it's an interesting thing to thing to note about some uh, about about a particularly good story is that you might have spent like like when I was reading eleven twenty two what was that, eleven twenty two sixty three? Yeah. Uh, whatever it is, yeah. You spend an enormous amount of time in an intimate setting with a very good person mm. for a long time whereas in your book there you were saying that the character and the conceits and everything that make you want to be inhabit the world yeah. like you have to hang out with this chick yeah but the thing is I don't I didn't mind hanging out with her because she I don't know the, because she was kind of rude well, like, yeah. but you were saying like somebody who's not entirely a good person yeah. is that intimate to, to go to the point of second person around trauma we'll say mm. like uh, you were you were standing in a corridor or you, you've you've never been panting this hard <laughs> in your life uh, you, the, the chase is on like your limbs are burning like that yeah. kind of stuff happening to a, somebody who's not gone through the best time yeah. is really strong yeah, yeah totally. and I, I, I like that the 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 plot of it wasn't it wasn't trying to avert the world it does come to a point where while she's building this thing she might find this key to bringing back pieces of the old world like like those kids who hang out underneath the so lighthouse she, listening to that she nearly, nearly hits high technology like. yeah yeah there's a point where she does but you know, cool. but it never gets over the fact that she is doing it to make herself feel better yeah yeah because building a person i don't know how how would that add anything to society who kind of demands like you need to be productive. You need to add something to make sure the world doesn't fall like, apart. Dune, you, for example, like mm. so, it's like that's that's your that's your token level sci-fi. Like, mm. um, you've got yourself the the post-technology world where they're like humans can be as great as machines. 
fuck machines. <laughs> and, like you do get the strong argument against supercomputers and stuff happening mm. in it. They're like, no, we can make people do this. Uh, you just do it better. You just train them better. And like, yeah. that kind of stuff. Whereas in this, the fear of high technology is there as well. Yeah, and, and it's more, and more it's... recently Daft Punk. Yeah. <laughs> in the basement. Yeah, that's the thing. the the fear The fear of their technology is is quite suffocating because it doesn't allow. It, it's very like I want to know about these Daft Punk chops. Like, uh, oh, they're uh, lovely chops. Not, not, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'd say they are. Like, <laughs> yeah. but uh, are they are they like marginalized in any way? Um, the thing is, they're they're hiding around. They, they they only they came in they come in as like a key moment to show Nell that okay, her digging up the past isn't just a solipsistic moment of yeah, yeah. trying to affirm herself. No, there there are people who do who knows that there is there's merit in going back and we're not just going back to repeat the old mistakes Dublin's but like there's like a, that no? mm-hmm. like, uh, that's, that's actually well, one thing because I'm not from Dublin mm-hmm. Dublin has that going. yeah it's, mm-hmm. it's, it is um, like like, ah, like you might be used to George's Arcade by now mm-hmm. but no like think about what that's not think about what's in there that isn't yeah. not, it's not everywhere yeah like, that kind just, of stuff like yeah yeah, it's, a way, it's clearly written by someone who loves Dublin. Who knows, yeah. Yeah. Dublin yeah. yeah, we talked to Sarah Mira Griffin. She spent a few years over in San Francisco because mm. she, was, she was part of just the, the peop, those people who were pushed out. San Francisco is catacombs and stuff. Like, and not, not in the way we have them in Europe now. But mm. like, uh, doesn't that have the basements of buildings still being there and you get tours and all? Yeah. Like San Francisco was like ghost tours. Yeah, pretty much. I think, but I think with, with her, she wrote about it in another book that... Yeah. As you know, as an expatriate or an yeah, immigrant, yeah. like it's not a place that you know, just living in another country. And I can I can say this for experience. It mm-hmm. took me ten years to get used to living in Ireland, mm. and it took me. Yeah. it's going to take me ten years to get used to Dublin. Yeah. <laughs> like I didn't know what leave card was for three years. Oh my god! Yeah. Fucking coins. Yeah, like, yeah, god coins. And then uh, not knowing what to do when the bus driver's irate. And yeah. Just being like, well, fuck you, guy. Like, it was like properly, like, who are you talking? Like, I said, like, you have to get used to it. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, it's so weird. But this, but this book's clearly written by someone who grew up in Dublin, mm. who yeah. loves Dublin, who like, and as someone who lives in Dublin, well, found that uh, quite endearing. Um, but and also, it's just, it's just, I don't know. I, it's the, it's one of the first books I read. It's the first uh, this year. It's the first fiction book I read. Other, otherwise, it was just a lot of wrestling biographies <laughs> and making loads of Star Wars at the yeah, start yeah. of the year. Let's take a swallow. It's actually it's a it's funny that you're you're speaking at the table to three people whose experience in Dublin is actually less. <laughs> Than yours, yeah, yeah, yeah. you've been it's, away longer, yeah, 13 years. That's, yeah, that's no, so you're weird, like, yeah, we, 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 you can be trusted with it, like, like we're definitely blow ins, yeah. <laughs> well, you, you, you want to see how I behave in a long queue in like a center in the city center? Oh, <laughs> I do, I'd be like the Ghostbusters ghost, <laughs> yeah. like property fading out of consciousness. I'm like, oh, I'm joy, like, it's it's a little bit, it's a it's a bit much, like. <laughs> it is, it is seen, quite a seen, lot. Uh, like shops we have down down in Arklo versus shops the same shops up here. Mm, really? Like, well, I can see myself working retail there. I cannot see myself working retail here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have a harder job. Like, it's, it's, yeah. it's very crowded and stuff. Yeah, it's just it's just a lot compared to everything else in Ireland. But yeah, that that's kind of like this. I mean, I've read other books that I really really loved as well. Like I'll I'll shout them out in our mentions later. But this is the one that stayed with me. 
at the start of the year and it's still staying with me and I definitely recommend people read it Spare and Found Parts find it mm. wherever, you, wherever you go find your books also check out uh, the podcast we did with Sarah Amir Griffin mm-hmm. uh, don't know the, the name of it but it's the, the title uh, video the, games oh the, the number I meant the episode number uh, that's not try on air just go to 50, soundcloud.com 50, 51 or something. Okay. yeah I was about to say 50 like, Ooh, yeah, yeah. yeah cause that was around our celebrations oh yeah 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 we hit, um, we hit the, our uh, podcast adolescence yeah which is 50 episodes doesn't work like years everyone no it has to be 50 also episode 50 the one with the, the much maligned Stephen Dennehy which we spent which we just roasted who, 10 who minutes ago who remembers early and uh, like the, uh, maybe, at the, maybe this is a good place to say this remember we we had the benchmarks that you had to hit in terms of episodes number yeah before other numbers are guaranteed to happen mm-hmm. 50 is one of them you once you get 50 you will get to 80 oh yeah keep momentum oh yeah what number are we at now uh 62 62 we're gonna get yeah we're gonna get 80 so once you get to 80 get to get to 100 but yeah. we've done more that like in terms of like individual episodes you could package no yeah, we've done 100 episodes maybe <laughs> so if we have 100 uh different individual audio pieces on our center go hover around 50 that's that, no really that's like yeah. if, you, if you're going to get into our podcast go yeah. over around 15 get on it yeah and check out yeah the, the talk with David Sarah and Griffin it was yeah. a blast but also check if out it's, if it's not like if they're if they're if they are timely you'll be brought back to back to July <laughs> you'll get to remember summer <laughs> oh <laughs> man in a while <laughs> ah summer summer days one more time We'll do two more things and then we'll take a break. All right. Uh, so, Barrow. So, what you got? Are we doing honorable mentions later? Yes. Later. Okay. Because at first I thought I'd be in the same boat as Leandro in terms of TV shows. Because like the most memorable shows I've been watching have been like Gargoyles and Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, and Star oh, Trek: The Next Generation. Mm. What's that Full Metal Alchemist? Oh, it's really good. I know. But we can't talk about it because mm-hmm. it's not 2018. Yep. <laughs> then I real then I ended up with like five honorable mentions, none of which started in 2018, but all of which had good content in 2018. Okay, that's fair. Save that for later, I guess. Okay. The two I'll talk about right now. Um, I couldn't really pick between them, but I think they have a good kind of compare and contrast thing going. Uh, Agretzko, which is a animated Netflix original. So good. And Hilda which is an animated Netflix original. Agretzko. <laughs> uh, so uh, me and Kim have been watching Agretzko together. Yeah. Oh, my fucking God. <laughs> tell us about Gretzko. Just, just uh, describe it for a sec. Agretzko is a portmanteau of aggressive and retzko, because if there's one thing the Japanese love aside from a pun, it's a portmanteau. Of course. Uh, it's made by, of all people, Sanrio, the company most famous for Hello Kitty. Mm. This is the Hello Kitty company made a bunch of one-minute shorts on the internet about a 25-year-old accountant who's also a red panda because it's the Hello Kitty company. Of course. Like, just coming up against daily pain (laughs) and having to, like, smush it down to get on with her job and then releasing it through death metal. 
through death metal karaoke. <laughs> oh my God. She's in. She's a death death metal karaoke hobbyist. And like 9pm on a Friday She goes to the karaoke bar And she just screams and For it, three hours Now I listen I do listen to death metal mm-hmm. and tr- In terms of like Keeping within genre And consistency It's extremely death metal Like it's yeah. ri- It's good death metal It's legit Like, like it's listenable too mm. Like it's good Like she is properly just like, like just um, <laughs> But the thing that we noticed uh, Me and Kim When watching it Is that Kim Has had The Agretsuko uh, work experience yes <laughs> as in the the motions have been she's gone from like all the way to the end of the rainbow in terms of the what I've seen so far in the show like all that all those situations yeah because like the the, the other female characters in it it's, it's very honest uh, depiction of like okay you, uh, women in the workplace yeah uh, with a really like patriarchal boss and stuff yep it's really honest as mm. in when they turn a corner in high heels all of a sudden they just like sh- start slouching again <laughs> their posture goes away and they're just like good l- fucking Jesus my back <laughs> I, uh, my back is absolutely stapled together like yeah. and you're just like alright that's that's really what elevates this show because yeah. it would be funny it is a funny show and it, it has like a good mix between mundanity and absurdity but what got people talking about it is that it's really smart about yeah. like women in the workplace uh, working out adult romantic relationships when you have no idea what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> like oh. it's it's very um, it's plausible twenty five. Yeah, plausible twenty five in a way that um, I I'm twenty five <laughs> and I feel like twenty five year olds are at her level. Oh yeah, um, like in terms of. You're just your your mobility and competency getting around mm-hmm. is you're a fucking grown up. Get it done. Yep. But your emotional and uh, social faculties are fifteen years of age. Yeah. And that's what twenty five is. It's just ten years more of fifteen. Mm-hmm. The last and arc then. of season one because they have confirmed season two. And oh, I should mention they've confirmed a Christmas special Ooh. coming out on December 20th. No so way. that's timely. Yeah. Um, but the last arc of this first little season mm. is uh, Retzko gets the bright idea of, oh, if I get married, I won't have to go to work anymore. Mm-hmm. So she finds a boyfriend and <laughs> just like convinces herself that the relationship is good. Mm. And that's really sad. Mm. And it goes to really sad places. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the Bojack Horseman switcheroo. Yes. That I feel like could be... People could approach that again. Yeah. And try it again. Bojack is actually one of my five honorable mentions. You, get people to should it. go back and try it again. Because it had to be explained to me. And I'm glad that I... <laughs> I'm glad that somebody did. Uh, cousin Dan... Come on, Dan, thank you. Good job, Dan. Uh, good job, Dan. Good recommendation. Um, yeah, I had to have the conceit explained to me so that I would patiently get to that conceit and mm-hmm. um, worth it. And yeah. It changed how I wanted to watch TV a little. I was just like, I like that sad, that sad feeling, that gut feeling. I want to see that again. Yep. Show mm-hmm. me that again. And then uh, you've got Agratsuko suddenly having it. Yeah. No, I didn't get as far as that, but now that now that I'm aware of it, I want to see it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's... Uh, um. I did talk about Agretzko closer to the time in an article I wrote, mm-hmm. just to plug that, uh, because... Virtual-citizens.com. Everyone on the internet loves Hada, who is the quote-unquote love interest, in that, like, he's pining for Retzko but doesn't tell her. Mm-hmm. And that is explored in a, a so much Which more... Which one's he? He's the hyena. Ah, uh, okay. He's a really tall, yeah. kind of lanky yeah, yeah, guy. I know him. I know him. Um, but that was, that was handled with so much more, like... 
tactfulness <laughs> than Ross Geller or Ted Mosby or, <laughs> or that kind of character yeah, archetype. Yeah, yeah. So that that got a lot of praise. And also he's just like genuinely quite nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, it turns out when you make your characters genuinely nice, it goes a long way. Yeah. Oh, no. yeah. Law of attraction. Like they, you, yeah. you, you, if you can admire it. Yeah. yeah. And if you can admire a fucking cartoon. <laughs> no, no, we all admire it. No, we're, we're, yeah. We all watch them. But, uh, oh, yeah. No, seriously, it's a good show. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Uh, to swig into Hilda as well, because I just remembered I also said I would talk about that. Yep. Um, while Agretzko does a good job depicting, like, the pain of adulthood, Hilda is all about the joy of childhood. Mm. So it's a completely different, it's like an opposite experience. What is Hilda? Hilda came out recently enough, like a month or two ago. <clears throat> it's based on graphic novels okay. of the same name. Are they Belgian or anything? Or uh, they kind of they might be. It does. What does like, it feel the, like it's from? The setting is very like Scandinavian, mm-hmm. uh, but everyone has British accents. Wow, mm. that's a dope, right? I don't think it is. No, oh. it's a um, Netflix original. Yeah, it's a Netflix original. Oh, okay, um, and it's about this very spirited young woman named Hilda, who has grown up in the wilderness, like among the trolls and the wood spirits. There's a man made out of wood there called the Woodman who's just awful, and I love him. Like, he's just horrendously <laughs> rude, but oh, in, like, he? a very funny way. Yeah. Um, and then, I won't spoil why, because the exact circumstances made me laugh very hard. Okay. But <clears throat> after one or two episodes, she has to move from the wilderness to the big city. Oh, oh no! Oh, babe, oh, no. pig in the city. And she has, to, <laughs> she has to make new friends and work out what this whole city life thing is. Oh, oh no. how fucking gunk is the city life? Is it oh, accurate? It, it's a Scandinavian city, so yeah. it's a perfectly nice city. <laughs> oh, right. And when's it set? Is it set now? It's kind of... That that's unclear. Like, because there are things that mark a modern European city as clearly meant to be contemporary yeah. now, and that cartoons and stuff are starting to catch up on pretty well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think it's modern enough because they have phones and stuff. Uh-huh. But like, it, it's also got that kind of weird timelessness. But is cartoons there like sometimes an Aviva Stadium kind of thing in the background? Anyway, no. like that kind of stuff. Like, it's very charming. Ah, okay. Um, but it's it's like so. It sounds simple enough. It's really kind of in the execution. Really nice animation really nice character dynamics mm. like it's one of those shows that lures you in with like oh this should just be episodic adventures and then actions start to have consequences <laughs> but in a kind of like uh. not in a scary way in mm. a way that i think wouldn't alienate children you know what that the, mm. the exact exactly what that is in a scary way is the sabrina comic i read oh. uh which i'm not gonna talk about again but um <laughs> no that, no for real though that, like that that uh that lore like the hook the good hook mm. is and you were saying like somebody hey pick in the city it does happen later you'll get there you, you might flick through you, you might flick through uh uh, an episode title and be like this it eh? okay yeah uh but yeah the hook is, if the hook is good so like what do they do to make like you said that, that you have a strong feeling about the woodsman yes he's such a dick right <laughs> i don't know who he is uh i don't know who any of them are like um but how quickly does it hook you in with like is does it adventure time yeah do you know like oh i want to see the rest of who oh my god it was fairly quick i yeah the the first two episodes are like one little arc okay so i watched one episode and i was like that was good and then at the end of the second episode i laughed very hard as i said okay okay like that that's that's an old rule for me like the first episode of gravity falls made me laugh really hard yeah if something makes me laugh really hard i'm like okay you've 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 got my attention like the first episode of that Apologies, excuse me. The first episode of Adventure Time, I'll say. 
Mm. If you say they might be in the same camp or on or uh, over the garden fence, yes, wall, uh, over the garden wall, sorry, yes. uh, both of which have one or two little bleep or a bloop in the middle of the first episode. Yeah, they got everybody. Yeah, every time. Uh, would you say it's similar? I think it is in that category. I think I don't know what the plan is. If I'm understanding correctly, they've adapted four of the five graphic novels that exist. Okay. So I don't know how much more... It's what, 20 episodes kind of thing? Or 20... uh, 10 episodes. 10 episodes, cool. I think they have confirmed season two, but okay. I don't know how much longer they're going to like spin this Netflix out. Netflix seems to have that ability to like either release a glut of like yeah. fully fleshed out 20 episode, 22 episode seasons this year, or 10. And yeah. it's, like, it's, it's great when you get the 20, but... It's hard to tell. Yeah. <laughs> I do think it is in that general camp of Adventure Time, Gravity Falls, Steven Universe. It sounds like, like it. This is, this is good. Um... One thing I specifically praised it in my review, which you can read, because I also wrote about this one, Mm -hmm. um, is that it does have one or two modern lessons, not along the lines of, hey, kids, remember to always keep your password protected on Facebook kind of stuff. (laughs) My... Possibly my favorite episode is the episode where Hilda causes a huge problem by not researching effectively. She went to the library. This show is very pro-library, and I love the librarian character. The librarian is a witch for no reason. Uh, <laughs> She's got, like, black and purple hair and a really thick Scandinavian accent, which is weird when no one else it's has metal one. metalhead. It's fine. Yeah, and she always knows what you're going to ask before you ask it, oh. so I'm all there for her. I know that customer service. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it had purple hair, too. Yeah. <laughs> so... She does. She like reads half a page of a magic book, and she's like, "This will solve all my problems." Like rips out the page. No, in fairness, she uses the photocopier mm-hmm. to make a <laughs> photocopy of the page. Okay, fair. Takes it home and does the thing. There was a footnote at the bottom of the page that she did not read, <gasps> and her friend rightfully scolds her. Never ignore a footnote. So, like, the the magic she did oh, Hilda. spirals into a terrible problem yeah. that they have to, like, fix. I genuinely know this footnote <laughs> uh, yeah. type of situation intimately. Like, it's, yeah. Yeah, don't, don't skip them. But this is basically just teaching kids, read good, read better. Mm-hmm. And, like, that is genuinely, I, I'm studying this kind of thing in college. This is something we need to teach kids in an accessible way. How do you get... Because they're flooded with information. If you effectively cite everything that you're talking about, <laughs> you don't have to talk about as much because you can't. Yes. But everything yeah. you mentioned is true. Yeah. To, to the best of your abilities. Well, That's it, a good skill. It just mm. shows that, like, you need to be careful with what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I, that, that really won me over. But in a more kind of immediate way, also the cartoon is good and funny and has good colors mm. so that too good colors is definitely a strength yeah she's got blue hair for no like, reason because you gotta did it remake a she-ra oh yeah uh, I haven't watched any of I, that I'm actually gonna talk about that later. you're gonna talk about it oh, cool. okay. about that later. Like, yeah, good, it has good colors anyway yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, we'll take um, a break um, one more thing okay uh, is that all you gotta say yeah that's pretty much everything Fine. I just need that, those transitions because I'm doing a lot of editing and a lot of music for this. Yay. Or adding a lot of music. I'm not doing... No, I'm not composing Get your music. saxophone. Can we take a break but we pretend we didn't? Um, actually, yeah. Uh, you want to take a break now? Let's take a break now. Because it's a good time for a break. Yeah, actually, yeah. Because, uh, all right, so we're going to take a break. There, listener. And Al's already on his break. 
Yeah, I'm on a break. He's got enough out of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, we're gonna hear from. I want to have a cigarette. <laughs> yeah. So after the break, we're gonna hear from Al with the rest of his Watch Watcher 2018. So yeah, let's take a break now. Nope. See you in a bit. Dear listener. Misinterpret images of her innocence and vestiges of virtue. Would you feel pity for the masses who are adding and subtracting with scandals that we made together? 